0: Welcome to I-C-U-P with We. In the name of science, discovery, knowledge, and understanding, this is our ongoing examination of the
1: Insane Clown Posse. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing 2012 Smothered, Covered, and Chunked. Smothered. Smothered. Covered in. Covered in. Smothered, covered, and chunked. Alrighty, guys. Today, we have something a little different for you. We are reviewing a food item, and that is from Waffle House. We have our hash browns here with uh, ham, cheese, and onions. That is smothered, covered, and chunked. Not in that order, but... I cannot wait to dig into these. And I know that my co-host with the co-most, if I do say so myself, uh, because obviously I'm not here alone. I'm never here alone. I could never do this thing alone. I am here with Eric. Eric, how are you doing? Are you excited for these hash browns?
0: Man, I am doing okay. And I'll tell you to prep for this episode, I have only eaten Waffle House smothered, covered and chunked hash browns since the last episode. Nothing else.
1: You should have.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: I I I I am scared to think of what your bathroom looks like right now, but you. you I mean, you only need to eat. I, I I think the there's a there's a pyramid, a food pyramid, right? There is one. Yes, you're correct. And on the on the bottom of the the pyramid, the big base is hash browns. Yeah. The second tier up is smothered. Yep the third tier up is covered and then the final point on the the ha- that little uh, food pyramid is chunked yeah
0: so you you've hit it all i have and you know what based on that i um it's sort of like you know when when uh people go on these really restricted specific diets to change like when steve jobs ate nothing but carrots for weeks and his skin turned orange uh yes. he had a goal in mind he truly thought that eating nothing but carrots um, would turn him into a rabbit, and I have eaten nothing but Waffle House uh, hash browns for a week to see if I would uh, turn into a clown.
1: Did it? Are, are you a clown? Are you clowned up?
0: Uh, I'll tell you what. I woke up this morning, face paint.
1: Oh no! So it worked. Oh yes, it worked. It, I I think that this is a, a massive, massive discovery.
0: I have to ask, is this the worst intro we've done?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is. Okay, good. good. <laughs> I, I, you know, you ask, I'll answer yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, this, uh, guys, we're not reviewing Hash Browns today. Although that sounds delicious, we are actually reviewing an album called Smothered, Covered, and Chunked. And it was an album that went along with the mighty death pop when they released it simultaneously august 14th 2012 the mayans got it wrong we're still alive now that is the best way to cap off this terrible intro by calling back a bad joke that we made multiple times last episode
0: that's true that's true uh if you didn't listen to the last episode that's a completely new joke to you though so enjoy it
1: yeah true uh enjoy i hope you enjoyed that joke yeah uh,
0: <laughs> um also Eric. this is the first episode of this you've ever listened to you've turned it off already
1: <laughs> goodbye <laughs> <It's really done. laughs> goodbye uh <laughs> guys we are slowly th- i mean this is uh, this is not just us reviewing icp albums right this podcast is not about this this is also a scientific study of what happens to two normal functioning adults when they listen to every single icp song yes. imaginable yes yeah like I this mean, this is we're chronologizing that's a word don't test me on it okay our pursuit into insanity yeah i mean a year ago
0: i would say the percentage of uh icp that i listened to in my overall music listening was close to zero um aside from the random video or song that somebody would send me or i would i would see memed online uh and that percentage in the past year has gone from zero to probably 50 or more
1: mine was zero mine was decidedly zero yeah and now now it is on my spotify wrapped as one of my most (laughs) listened to artists in 2020 yes um because of this podcast yeah this so so think about the television show mystery science theater 3000 i love that we're pretty much doing that but with icp albums kind of kind of I mean, if you if you strip it down to the bare bones, yeah. I right? mean, uh, I I gotta say
0: though, I've uh, I've learned to really enjoy a lot of this.
1: I have too. Yeah,
0: like, I I dig and respect these guys. I I watched a really weird YouTube video the other day. Apparently, Steve O uh, has a, a new talk show where he like has Ooh. a mobile like van with cameras and uh you know set up where he can go to places and do interviews with people. And he did one with Violent J a week ago. And I've gotta tell you, man, that dude is just so real and endearing. Like it's it's impossible not to, especially after all we've gone through listening, he it's it's impossible not to like him. It's just like mm. feels feels like just a legit dude.
1: Tracking back really fast to Mystery Science Theater, uh, if you don't follow their Twitch account, you should. Because it just Twenty four seven streams episodes of Mystery Science Theater.
0: Uh, there's a channel on Samsung TV on the Pluto Network that's just nonstop Mystery Science Theater as well.
1: Nice. I, I nice. really
0: liked the uh, the couple of seasons that they did on Netflix over the past couple of years. I'm really bummed that they're not going to do more because uh, I thought it was awesome.
1: Yeah, I was I was a huge fan of the Netflix ones as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, alas, alas. I've actually, I've thought about with the, now that I have the green screen, I've thought about doing um, Gristle Science Theater 420, where <laughs> wow. I watch, where I get really high and I watch Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes, but I'm on a couch silhouetted, like as a double layer and I'm riffing off of their riffs off of the movie. I
0: I was actually just going to say. What if we did a podcast where we are mystery science theatering mystery science theater, where we're like making fun of their jokes and their skits and stuff?
1: I think that one hundred percent should be what we do after we get through ICP stuff. Oh my god, I'd be so down for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk and develop later because uh, no. that is a great idea, a grand old time, if you will, yes. guys. Now that we're done with this show opening, let's move on to something hopefully better, and that is something actually productive, and that is, Eric, what do we need to know about this album? Because we've already talked. We've already talked about music in 2012. Yes. Remember, this album got released the exact same day as the Mighty Death Pop. Right. This was bundled with the Red Pop version, and uh, Eric, take it away. What do we got? Now, you
0: may I don't think we've mentioned this at any point recently. Uh, In the previous episode or this one But this came Bundled with the red pop version of Mighty Death Pop which released on August 14th 2012 And now the Mayans Got it wrong exactly We were all still alive
1: I fucking get I can't (laughs) With that stupid fucking joke (laughs) Keep going though keep
0: going Uh, Now when this album was Originally announced it was it was announced in April of that year they announced that there would be these three albums that came with the mighty death pop versions. Uh, this was actually called covered smothered and chunked, and then later corrected to smothered, covered and chunked covered came first, which kind of makes sense. Oh. I get that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it is a covers album. Uh, I don't know if you're
0: going to remember this band or have ever heard of them, uh, but I remember buying a couple of their 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 CDs back when you used to buy CDs in the the mid to late 90s by a band called Unsane and they had an album called Scattered Smothered and Covered and the cover of it is like a murder scene uh and like somebody like with blood with like a sheet draped over them and a hammer um and I I remember thinking that's a pretty messed up name for an album but I also don't quite understand it And looking like figuring it out at the time. Oh, no. You know what? I didn't figure it out at the time. Many years later, I was at a Waffle House and I was looking at a menu and I went, oh, my God, this is the name of that Unsane album. So it's when I see the name of this album covered, smothered and chunked, it, it immediately reminds me of that Unsane album. I don't know that band no, they're like noise i very... post hardcore hardcore metal kind of uh they had a song called scrape that was really big on mtv for a minute and the whole video oh, okay. is just people fucking up skateboarding and getting hurt dramatically
1: nice yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to uh i'll have to check them out because i'm intrigued now yeah just go watch the video for scrape by unsane unsane yeah yeah yeah, yeah in the yeah.
0: membrane Yes, exactly. That's where their name <laughs> came from. No, anyway, uh, so the the album cover was designed by a local Detroit artist named Patrick Hatfield. He's still an active artist now. His website is up. We took a look at it. It's uh, he he does a lot of commercial design stuff, but he also uh, does a lot of um, comic book style art and things like that. There are you you know you you actually brought this up to me. There are two versions of this album cover. And we are speculating that maybe there's two different versions because one of them was the pack-in version and the other one was updated for individual sale at a later point. But we don't know for sure.
1: Right. There, there's no information on why that is the case. No. They're extremely similar. I don't even know how I noticed. But, uh, yeah, we're thinking that's the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they released two videos from this album. Uh, one for the song jump around in 2013 Uh, we actually looked at that video it is almost a shot for shot remake of the original video it's that is some serious dedication
1: it's insane
0: yeah and then they released a video for beautiful which in their version is actually called indestructible in 2017 five years later uh, i wish i knew the story there there's got to be a story
1: yeah that's strange yeah
0: yeah um this album features lots of features and additional backing vocals backing vocals by people like mike clark legs diamond uh members or former members of zug island i guess show up in there uh they had uh A lot of sort of textured, layered vocals in some of these songs, uh, including they brought in some female vocalists and other male vocalists to, you know, just really build it out, uh, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of features, apparently when they contacted Fred Durst about doing a feature on this album, uh, he didn't even want to be paid. He was just happy and surprised that they wanted him on the track. And actually, I kind of respect that. Um, That's very uncommon. Even even with smaller artists, that's not common. People want something in return, uh, so that that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's dope. Yeah, that that he did that for them uh, for free.
0: Yeah, it's also interesting that Fred Durst shows up on this album because I think there's been a lot of uh, rumors or sort of urban myths that there was a huge beef between them because. Uh, during a performance at a big festival, Shaggy ran onto stage and drop-kicked Fred Durst, uh, which is oh a, really? It's a real thing that actually happened. Uh, but Shaggy apparently said, I, "I tried to look this up and understand what the deal was." Uh, he's like, "We knew them; we're friends with them. Um, it wasn't because I hated him. It was uh, my friends were egging me on, thinking it would be funny if, while well, he was you know doing his show, I just ran out and." He's like, we're, we're trained wrestlers. I wasn't going to hurt him. I ran out and did a a intentional, you know, not going to hurt him drop kick on him and stuff. Right. So uh, apparently it was interpreted by people that don't know that they were friends and didn't know that he wasn't trying to hurt him and turned into this, you know, everybody talked for a minute about, holy shit, Shaggy ran out and
1: assaulted Fred Durst while he was performing. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Um, yeah so i mean that's that's a common thing that like i feel like if i was there i would have my first gut reaction would be are they like is he just messing with like i wouldn't my first reaction wouldn't be like oh what the fuck right like they hate each other now but i think everybody everybody wants everybody to be beefing they want drama Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, Fred Durst, fantastic rapper. uh, Probably the best, uh, probably better than Eminem. Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, his rap career has skyrocketed. And and where's Eminem at?
0: (laughs) That was a reference to a song that Fred Durst rapped on with Method Man. Ooh, Meth
1: Head Man. (laughs) Or is it Method Man? (laughs) It's both. (laughs) um guys we're silly today a little uh a little silly today and i uh my my deepest deepest apologies um well that's kind of all the information that we have on this bad boy um and, and and honestly it's a good bit of information for us to comfortably get into talking about the album we're going to start with our thoughts on the album cover like we said there are two versions of this album cover they're strikingly similar we will briefly discuss both uh yeah do you want to do you want to go
0: first and talk about the differences there
1: yeah so i'll go first so so obviously both are uh you know comic like plate of hash browns with cheese and ham, you can't see the onions, but it's assumed that there's onions in there because that's what covered, smothered, and chunked is, is ham, cheese, and onions. Yeah. The differences are the logo. There's one version that uses a red, and this is, like Eric, you pointed out earlier, a first-deck-era icp logo Mm -hmm. uh it's it's a logo that you're very familiar with the second one is a more modern logo um that is purple and then the colors of the little stamp that has the featuring tracks with fred durst Lil white and all that uh are different colors as well other than that there's not a lot of differences there's some shading shading differences honestly i prefer the purple one over the other
0: i do too i actually dig that that new logo uh that they have on there i was like oh that's actually pretty sick
1: yeah the the bullet holes in the aop and the other O. yeah um i think are, are really dope i like that logo a lot i think that that purple ties in with this era better so it's the one that i'm more inclined to see on here right yeah I think I honestly, I, f- I very much so enjoy this album cover. Yeah, man, me, me too. There's something
0: about it that just that works for me. Now, I don't think it looks like a Waffle House because you got that checkered tablecloth and you got a can of Fago Cola, but I think it's well put together. The art is good uh, and overall, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Clearly this was this was Waffle House takeout. It wasn't right. consumed at the restaurant. And when they took it out, they also took the salt and pepper shakers because they have the Waffle House yellow checkered logo uh on the salt and pepper shakers. Uh, yeah. Uh so so clearly they stole the salt and pepper shakers on their way out, uh, which is very, very uh gangster of them. Or so. they brought their own tablecloth
0: and fagos
1: that could also be the case in which case you know that's very weird for the <laughs> the waffle house employees to have to deal with yeah. um yeah no i i i would rank this album cover pretty high yeah. i think this is a good album cover i agree
0: i think it's good and it's it's ideal for what this album is i think it just it, it is perfect for that
1: oh yeah 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 i agree Um, Well, hey, that's our thoughts on the album cover. Let's go ahead and get to our track by track thoughts. This album has 13 tracks, 12 of which are obviously covers or reimaginings of songs. While the last one is outtakes. Let's start uh, with track number one, the prelude, uh, which is from a 1991 album in words for life by NWA Uh, Eric, take it away.
0: Yeah, that album as we've we've actually discussed on the podcast before, which uh, as a young lad I saw at Kmart on the shelf with the title reversed so it said FL for Zagan.
1: Yes, yes, uh, I remember yes. that.
0: <laughs> um this is an interesting track. Uh and and some of my notes are from uh you know, early on here. Just going into listening to these songs, reacting and going, oh, well, at times they keep this pretty close to the original, uh, especially in like Violent Jay and Shaggy's like actual rap verses at the end. But then in other times they change it up or write completely new parts. Um, And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Of course, they do that throughout the album. So that's not exactly a revelation here. Interesting thought here. As soon as this started, I was like, remember the song Nothing But A Bitch Thing from... I think it was probably the third Forgotten Freshness, where they're they're dissing Eminem, and there's that whole skit at the beginning where Dr. Dre is fucking Eminem in the ass.
1: Oh yeah,
0: they sample this song. It's got that piano duh, dun, 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 throughout oh. that whole thing.
1: Huh. Yeah. So I mean, clearly this song was a large part of their yeah yeah of their influence, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I'm not so I'm not super familiar with the original. Uh, of this song I actually went and listened to it so I could kind of compare better mm-hmm. um I think that that the ICP version had some some pretty cool flows the beat was super cool I think it was very well produced I think it was I think it was a good reimagining of this song honestly
0: yeah yeah and a good way to start this album I think it worked
1: it you know I when I listened to this, it made me feel really good about this album.
0: Yeah. 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 So uh, moving on to the next track, uh, another one that's very much a reimagining. Uh, this is Jump Around from the 1992 album House of Pain by House of Pain. What'd you think?
1: I think Violent J does a very good House of Pain impression in the first verse. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, pick it up, jump it in. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like He has that. House of Pain has that sort of diction, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they have a sort of diction. I think Violent J did a great impression of it. Um, the beat was very, you know, obviously similar, but Mike Clark did a great job of twisting it to be more ICP. Mm-hmm. And And I think that, I mean, shot for shot remake of the music video aside, I think that they killed this song. I think the flows were amazing. I think that they changed it when it needed to be changed. I think they left it when it needed to be left alone. Yeah, a- And I think hats off to Mike Clark for how he changed this beat.
0: Yeah, dude, I have the same notes. Uh,
1: I said they took this original beat,
0: gave it a definite ICP feel. Uh, in a lot of places, the lyrics are almost completely changed, but they keep certain elements here and there, which is cool. Um, sometimes it's just a word and when when their new rhymes land on those words that are from the original it adds a lot of impact like when he says fuck you in the ass with a shotgun i was like
1: whoa oh yeah uh,
0: dude violent j his flows are so sick in this like seriously really solid and i honestly think this version is better than the original
1: wow wow you heard it here first folks honestly and i i'm i'm I wouldn't quite disagree with you if I'm yeah. being completely honest. It was it was a damn good song. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Well, he- hell yeah! Let's let's go ahead and move on to the next song. This song is going to be the first song that we have a feature on mm-hmm. uh, in this album. Um, this is from the 1985 album "Songs from the Big Chair" by Tears for Fears, a cover of "Shout" featuring Blaze. What were your thoughts?
0: So, my first thought is. Violent J is not a great singer, but he gives it what he's got here. There's some interesting sort of dubstep wub wub wubs in this beat, but it's subtle. Uh, so it's just enough that it adds some interest. Uh, again, we've got very much reworked lyrics here, so it feels like this version of the song has more meaning than if he was just to cover it straight up, uh, which actually works pretty well. The verse by Blaze is an interesting addition, um... Sounds like we've also got some legs diamond on the chorus and the bridge, which sounds really good. And I rarely say this about a song. This one is almost five minutes long. And when it came to the song ending, I looked and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's ending already. I thought this was like two or three minutes into the song. So is it a great song singing wise? No, but there's something that works about it. What do you think?
1: Man, I think that this song had heart. Yeah. Right. Um, so this was the one that I was looking forward to, but because I am a pretty big uh, Tears for Fears fan, and Songs from the Big Chair is one of my favorite albums from the '80s, and so I was looking forward to this, and also very nervous because I didn't want them to ruin Tears for Fears for me. They did not. Yeah. I, uh, I I think that they made it their own um, and gave it an interesting twist, but also kept great tribute to the original piece of work, right? Um, I thought Blaze's verse was very interesting. I thought that the way they changed the lyrics at the times that they did was very interesting. Although Violent J isn't a great singer, you're right. He gives it all that he you know got. And uh, all that he's got is pretty good. Yeah. And I think that they, they did a good job on this song.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It was... It, Interesting. Um, It would be really easy for an artist to take uh, a big radio hit from the 80s like this and do a tongue in cheek goofy version or something. But this is serious, straight faced. They reworked it to make it important to them, uh, as well as keeping a lot of the, you know, things that made the original what it was. So pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed. Yeah. All right, let's move on to track four. This one is from the 1991 album MC Breed and DFC by MC Breed. Uh, A lot, for some reason, a lot of 1991 tracks on here. But this song is called Ain't No Future In Ya Frontin'.
1: Yeah, so I'm not familiar with the original song, but Violent J's flows are super solid. Uh, The beat was very cool. Shaggy had great flows as well. When I went back and listened to the original song, I honestly think I like ICP's version better, and maybe that's just because I'm more familiar with ICP rather than I am MC Breed. but I think that they that they took this song and made it better in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so I uh, definitely heard this song, and it's it's difficult not to that beat stands out with that with that sort of lead. Uh, On there that is, you know, really in your face throughout the whole song. And I remember that from back in the day. And uh, it's interesting. As soon as I started listening to this, I I heard the beat, I heard Violent J's flows, and it took me straight back to basement cuts and dog beats because that's how it sounded. Um, Oh, yeah. And... I actually went back and listened to the song Dog Beats, and the beat is so similar to this one. Uh, not that lead, just the beat itself. Uh, it just—you can feel that this was a song that for them back then probably was, you know, influential. Now, I know Dog Beats probably came out just ahead of this, but still, this style, these songs, I think, matter. There's even a reference to Dog Beats in Shaggy's verse. There's that roof, and it echoes out. It It's— It's they use it in that too. Um, Like with all the other songs so far, they change up a lot of the lyrics, uh, but they do keep the music close to the original. However, to your point, I think Mike Clark did a nice job of taking that original music and filling it out, updating it. So it sounds not different than the original or more modern than the original, but there's some quality of life to that sound that wasn't there before.
1: Oh yeah. I think Mike Clark, is i mean should deserve an award for what he's done with these tracks so far yeah it's wild. right i mean he's he's done a, an amazing job one uh i did write down a lyric in this song before we move on and that is um that's the way i am every ninja be different when we order fago three semis for the shipment <laughs> that's um, probably true which was uh yeah yeah which by the way uh probably pretty true yeah. and also um it's weird that uh, that that was actually an original original lyric, and that wasn't something that they changed. <laughs> right, that um, was in the original song. So that strange. was in the original song. Yeah, it was it was. I mean, wild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so next up, uh, we have uh, something that is a little silly, and that is a song um, that's from season one, episode five of Yo Gabba Gabba. <laughs> Uh, in 2007, and also was featured in Just Dance Kids 2 in 2011, um, and that is Hold Still with a feature by Downtown Brown. What, what were your thoughts on this one? Uh, fuck! Why
0: is this so awesome? <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be. Okay, so I did. I went and I watched a video of the original song from Yo Gabba Gabba, like the the the, the portion of the show, and this version is genius uh and this song has such big time system of a down vibes to it oh yeah um it's like it's like they said we're gonna take this song from yo gabba gabba and we're gonna take bounce by system of a down and mash them together (laughs) um the the best part about this is you've got those sort of uh ska choruses and it's produced really well it feels good but the the choruses and and the whole end of the song is heavy guitar you know focused stuff and it's not butt rock it's straight up like thrash and it works so well it doesn't feel like don't get it feels like we do get it like it's crazy as fuck but i guarantee this song is super fun live and they really make this their own what'd you think
1: oh man Um, I, my first note was like, this has no business being so sick, right? Uh, (laughs) I, I enjoyed the shit out of this. It was a super fun song to listen to. I didn't listen to the original. I didn't have time to go track it down. I'm glad that you did though. But, uh, listening to this with no context of what the original was, it sounded like it, it was a. Fun Yo Gabba Gabba song still, but with an ICP twist, right? Yeah. I also think that this was a perfect length for something like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It comes in at two minutes twenty two seconds. Um, I think that's a great little palate cleanser, fun thing before we move on to, uh, the next song, right? Which uh, I'll I'll let you intro, but I I think it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, really. What a an odd, you know, at the beginning, Violet J says, Mikey e. Clark does it again. And I was like, yeah, he did.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah <right>. he did. <laughs>
0: uh, that feature, by the way, by Downtown Brown. Downtown Brown is a band from Detroit, uh, a punk band. And oh. uh, I actually went and listened to some of their stuff. They're still making music now. They are all over the place. They're a really quirky, weird band. But they essentially, I think Mike Clark brought them in to do those the thrash parts. So it was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, All right. The next song, number six, is Bitch Better Have My Money featuring Fred Durst. Now, the original song was on a 1991 album by AMG called Bitch Better Have My Money. What'd you think?
1: So uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the guitars, but this is also a song that Fred Durst is in, so it's understandable. Yeah. Um that we had them in there, I think Mike Clark did a good job putting them in there. They weren't offensive like they usually are mm. in ICP songs. I also think that they worked pretty well to give it that ICP twist from the original song, right? Yeah. Um to to make it stand out as not just a straight up cover. Um I thought the flows were super solid. Fred Durst and it was was really good as well. I was excited to see to see Fred Durst in uh, in the song. I think his verse was pretty uh, pretty good. He so um, his first lines are: "Come on, bitch, don't talk shit. How about a bowl of them fucked up grits? Open up wide, slip and slide." Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, first of all, it made me miss fish and grits, but <laughs> also. He's taught he's he called a woman's vagina fucked up grits. And that is
0: something. I I wasn't sure if that was the reference or if the fucked up grits was a cum reference.
1: It could have it could be that as well. I'm not sure. Also, in his verse, he talks about eating at Denny's, which Come on, dude. This is covered, smothered, and chunked. Yeah, I noticed that. Too. This is a Waffle House album.
0: <laughs> but that the, the, that line is "Eat at Denny's, bitch slap granny."
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking hard as hell, dude. I thought I loved his his verse, honestly. And then um, at the end of the song, there's uh, it, it's in it's in Shaggy's verse because this is definitely a Shaggy. Like the the most shaggy line you'll ever hear pleasure doing business here's your receipt the condom full of my skeet keep it i thought it was fucking hilarious i I had to back up and listen to that multiple times i thought that was very funny uh what, what were your thoughts on this song
0: uh my thoughts were well first off when i was researching this song um I came across the video for the Rihanna song by the same name. Have you ever seen this video? I think I sent you the link.
1: Um, you sent me a, if you have time, watch yeah. this video. Okay. So um, after this, watch it. Yes.
0: Because uh, I checked just to see if it was the same song. Definitely not completely different song, but I have no idea how this video is on YouTube because of the amount of violence and nudity. Even even Riri is naked in it at the end. Um, There's a little warning at the beginning, but I I've never seen a YouTube video just put a warning at the beginning that says nudity and violent content and foul language and it'd be okay. Uh, It's crazy. So check it out.
1: I'm going to definitely go watch it after this.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, anyway, interest has peaked. Back to this actual song. Um, you're right. They change up the beat a little bit, and the original song does have that sort of guitar lead throughout. But they thicken it up, bring it forward a little, make it a little more yeah. ICP-ish. Uh, I think Violent J keeps the lyrics pretty close to the original for the first verse. This song is about uh, basically being a, a male sex worker, a gigolo, juggalo, if that. If you, if you feel me there. When Fred Durst comes in with verse two, though, he just he just does his own thing. And man, I, I wrote so many lines down from this, including the ones we already talked about. But I can't tell if it's hilarious and great or the the worst verse I've heard in a rap song ever.
1: <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I I chose to say hilarious and great. Um, uh, to this entire song, honestly. Yeah, I I mean, the, the line
0: that stood out, the, the one that made me go, wait a minute, I need to listen to this a little closer is when he goes, butt stains in the back of your Mustang. And I was like, no. <laughs> what did he just say? <laughs> There's another line. I'm he, pretty good. <laughs> he goes, I love it when they double up one with the bubble up smelly. The other one grape jelly. What? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's something.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I also like Shaggy's verse. I think it starts off like the original, and then it just becomes his own thing. Uh, he does a full verse and has some funny stuff. Uh,
1: yeah, Sh- Shaggy had the best verse, I think.
0: I don't. You know what? I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this song. I, it's not bad. It's not a bad song. It's an interesting song. It's a funny song. They did a nice job with it. Uh, I I I just I'm gonna say
1: I just don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I don't know. I mean, let, let, so the, we already talked about the last two lines of Shaggy's yeah. verse, but the two lines before that it's, it's, I take care of the pussy. I don't abuse it. Your net and holes an ATM. When I use it, <laughs> pleasure doing business. Here's your receipt. The condom full of my skeet. Keep it. <laughs> it's pretty um, funny. I haven't taken, I, I haven't had so much joy listening to a shaggy verse like that since probably fuck off. Maybe, maybe that's pretty good though. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just, it, it threw me back to them just being fucking wild and insane.
0: There's a lot of wild and insane on this album in general from them though.
1: <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that was bitch better. Have my money featuring Fred Durst. Next up, we have a song from the 1998 album, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back by public enemy. The song, Night of the Bass Heads,
0: or your thoughts? Uh, yeah, technically, actually, correction 1988 album, not 1998 album. This one's even a little bit older. Oh, there. Um, yes. Uh, when I saw this, I immediately thought about – I'm like, wait a minute. They had a song called "Basehead Something, and it's on Hell's Pit. It's called Bass Head Attack, and I really liked that song. Uh, so this was clearly an inspiration. But it's funny, just a week or two ago, I watched um, a documentary on Netflix – called crack. And it was about the crack epidemic of the late eighties and going into the early nineties. And they featured some songs. They said, you know, that it was a a big influence on hip hop culture that they were talking about this. And this is clearly one of those songs. Um, And it's interesting the way ICP takes it and changes up the lyrics, uh, but they keep the overall message. Uh, And I actually, I can't, I can't say anything bad about Public Enemy. I think they're one of the most influential and important, not just hip hop groups, but uh, musical entities of of the 80s and 90s. I, I, I love that they were social and political and stuff. But with that said, I actually think. Violent J's lyrics and flows connect up better in a few places here than on the original one. He mm-hmm. was able to take it and improve in some places. Uh, and I swear there's a sample from this song in one of their early releases, but I, I can't tell for sure. They do keep the beat pretty close to the original, um, but but yeah, change it up a little. What'd you think?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I went, but this is another one that I did not know before. Hand, so I went back and listened mm-hmm. to the original. I I personally enjoyed ICP's version better. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the backstory of exactly what it was about because I didn't study the original song, right? Um, I just kind of listened to get the general feel of it. But the flows in ICP's version super solid. Um, I think that uh the beat seemed a little busy, but it was good. I I overall enjoyed the song. I think on this album of so many amazing covers, this one might be, you know, might get forgotten about, but clearly it's a song that that meant something to them and they wanted to do, and so I'm not going to knock them for that.
0: Yeah, I think I I like that they kept the message here and the message in modern times applies to a a, a broader epidemic um within, you know, like the the country, you know, opioid addiction and, and meth and things like that, uh, which, you know, I think still works. But the thing that I love most about this track, and again, I agree with you, I think this one could easily be overlooked, but I love these tracks that take ICP back. Back to basic early rap and hip-hop because they function so well there. They're such good MCs when they're doing this type of stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm glad- I'm very happy that they kept the message. Don't get me wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's move on to track eight. This one... It's called Beautiful, but they never really say that word in the song. Their version is called Indestructible. Uh, You may have heard the song before. This is from the 2002 album Stripped by Christina Aguilera. I want to know what you thought.
1: Man, I saw a Christina Aguilera song on the list, and I got very nervous for Mm. Violent J. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is another song where, man, he's not a great singer, but damn, did he sing it with some heart. Yeah. Right. Um, I love the fact that they did this song. I think it's such a change of pace from doing, you know, late nine or late eighties, early nineties rap. Yep. You know, it's it's this song and shout and the yo gabba gabba that, that I think fully bring this album together. Uh, but we can talk about that more later whenever we get to our full album review. I think the beat fits so well. I think Mike did a fantastic job um ICPing this beat, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think legs diamond did a wonderful job singing and doing, doing his stuff on it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the worst part about this was violent J's singing, but it's not even that bad. No, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty good. I love the fact that, uh, that in the pre-chorus, they do a, a fuck off. Yeah. Um, Shaggy doing the fuck off in there. Yeah. Which is, so icp i can't even handle myself uh what, what were your thoughts on this one uh, yeah
0: i um i didn't I, I couldn't have seen this coming uh and and like you said jay does his best to sing and i have got to say on this one i think that works i think the the vulnerability in his singing and in his voice makes this more personal and somehow just plays really well in the song. Uh, I think the lyrics are completely reworked on this one from what I can remember, um, but it keeps the original tone and concept of the song. You know, it's about his own trials with with people, haters and, and people being shitty to him and stuff like that. Uh, I do love the legs diamond on this one. Um, I will say though, to me, the beat on this one, is lacking compared to the original because the production and orchestration on Christina Aguilera's version is like triple a all the way. And this in comparison feels just a little bit budget. Uh, And maybe that was intentional, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think the song still works overall though.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Overall, I think it it works as well. Um, So let's go ahead and move on to the next song track. Number nine. This is a song from the 1991 album, We Can't Be Stopped by the Ghetto Boys. Um, this is Mind Plan Tricks on Me featuring ABK and Lil White.
0: Yeah. You know, we've talked about the, the Ghetto Boys influence on them quite a bit early on. Uh, they covered a Ghetto Boys song on, um, what is it, Jekyll Brothers maybe. And, uh, I, you know, this is one of the songs that, I'm going to be honest, I hadn't listened to prior to this. Uh, So I went and checked it out. And uh, it's interesting, depending on where you look at this, the the track name is listed differently. Uh, On Spotify, it just says Mind Playing Tricks. Uh, On some other places, it says Mind Playing Tricks on me. The original is called Mind Playing Tricks on me. Um, But I, I love at the beginning of this song, Jay starts out rapping the first couple lines of Night of the Axe from Carnival of Carnage. Yes. (laughs) And he goes, Oh no, that's for later. And I was like, What? What's going on here? Um, I thought that was actually pretty cool. Uh the production on this beat has a very early ICP feel, again, like I mentioned. I think that's cool. Um as might be expected so far on this, they change up the lyrics quite a bit, but they keep the overall concept. And this song in listening to the original and looking at the lyrics, one of the things I did was I would just bring up the lyric sheet for the original song and then listen to the new versions by ICP. Um, Uh This was clearly a huge inspiration to them on their first few albums and EPs. They made more than one track that sort of followed this paranoid tone, like schizophrenic from terror wheel. Uh, I will say, the song goes a bit long for my liking. I got a little bit bored with it. I wasn't a huge fan of Lil White's verse. ABK's verse is fine. Actually pretty close to the original. Um, yeah, I think there were good things and bad things. This song is just an okay one for me. What would you think?
1: I think the, the beat was super sick. It definitely gave me that old ICP feel, which is what I've been desperately trying to get back to um, for months of my life, years <laughs> of ICP's life. Uh <laughs> um I thought I thought the ABK verse was super solid. Um I didn't know exactly how close it was to the original, but I thought it was it was solid. I thought Lil White did fine on his. Yeah. Um Shaggy and Violent J, they did good on theirs. It had been a while since I've listened to the original song, so this made me want to go revisit that song, and, and I like the fact that it reminded me of this song. I I thought this was a great reimagining yeah. of the Ghetto Boys song. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I think just for me, I think we'd heard quite a few songs from that era already, and so when we got to this one, I was like, okay, nothing bad about it. I mean, I, I don't have any anything to point out and specifically say uh, this is what I didn't like. It just felt a little long. That would that be my only bad. Right. One. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to track ten. Uh, now. I wasn't familiar with this song at all. I had to research and listen to it. This one was a 1984 single by the Jacksons, mostly just Michael Jackson and Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones. This song is called state of shock. What'd you think?
1: I loved this song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought that the guitars on this song work so well, which obviously is close to the original Mm -hmm. because Mick Jagger was on this track. Um, I thought this version was better than the original version. I thought uh, everybody did a great job on their reimagined verses, especially uh, the end where the outro <laughs> yes. that's just Violent J and Shaggy, just rhyming on shock yes. pretty much. And I thought, I mean, let I'll read a little bit, right? Pussy fishing off the dock, that Ned and Hunter fuck a croc. Knock that pussy out like Spock. Copy porn. Watch and mock. Fucking hilarious. Bring your girls. I'll fuck the flock. Scared of skeet. Wear a smock. I had that line Um, down too. I I thought this is this outro was just them building off of each other and seeing who could say the most ridiculous thing that rhymes with shock. Right. Yeah, uh, and they did such a good job with this. I state of shock. I would. I will never listen to the original version again. This is now the original version in my eyes, dude. Uh, uh, we thought. Yeah. What were your thoughts? My first thought when it started, I was like, "What."
0: the fuck is this like this is such a weird and really deep cut for them to choose uh oh yeah this is not you know one of michael jackson or the jacksons like big well-known songs it's not uh, a well-known mick jagger feature like this is really strange if when you listen to the original the production and the beat are super thin and minimal and crappy and mike clark deserves an award for what he did with this. It's so much fuller and, and put together. And the award is not just for building out that beat. It's for somehow layering and working with their vocals. Like Michael Jackson singing on this song in the original is like in such a high register. Nobody on that crew is there for this. And yet they make it work. Like he is a producer kind of did something amazing with this song. And, and like all the other ones, they change it up. They make it their own. They they put some really, at times, they stick right to the script. At other times, they put stuff that makes you, wait a minute, what did they just say about Skeet? Like, how is that right. in this song? Um, and for the first minute and a half, I was like, all right, this is pretty funny. And then I was like, oh, fuck, they're really doing this, aren't they? Like, they're actually doing this.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this was this was great this was great uh let's go ahead and move on to track 11 um and this is from actually the beverly hills cop 3 soundtrack by easy e (laughs) love Uh, for them gangsters
0: yeah featuring cold 187 who was also on featuring freshness that's Um, right yes beverly hills cop 3 soundtrack and I remember one and two, and I think Beverly Hills Cop 3 is the one where he's at an amusement park. Um, this is random as fuck. Uh, but I, I will say this. This is one of the few instances, one of only two actually on here that I can I can think of, where the original beat is about a thousand times better than the one that's actually on here. Um, I feel like this beat and the production of this miss the mark. It doesn't have that thick, full, funky, sort of G-funk sound to it. Um, And Easy es original track really does, it's good. Uh, They keep the lyrics pretty close to the original with a few changes here and there. Not sure who that is on the chorus, maybe Cold 187m. Cold 187m's verse is identical, word for word to the original, nothing changed Mm. there. In the chorus, there's a reference to butterflies. And, you know, it reminded me, I don't think we ever talked about the butterfly. Uh, Have we? Have we ever talked about the butterfly? I don't think we have. Okay. After you talk about this, remind me. I'll give you the rundown on the butterfly. Either way, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of this track. Uh, Was it bad? No. Do I think the original is definitely better? Yes. Uh, But what were your thoughts?
1: Okay. I'm glad that you said that. Um, because I do not have a lot of notes on this track because I just, I don't think it was that good compared to everything else that they've done. Yeah. I didn't know if maybe it was just cause, you know, of course we're getting late into the album and you know, that's when I kind of start to slip a little bit, but this, this one just, I mean, I wouldn't have minded this if it was like the second track, you know, it would have. Made me think like, oh, geez, you know, some of these are going to be a, a miss. But and really, this is the only miss that we've had so far, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And it's not an egregious miss. It's not like, oh, God, that's bad. I just wish they had chosen a different song. You want to do an easy track? Pick something else. This is probably yeah. not the one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I agree. Um, Absolutely. Hit me with your butterflies story. Okay, so. When
0: we first started listening to ICP, obviously, we were collecting physicals. There was no streaming in the 90s, really. Um, and inside every album, in the liner notes, it said, dedicated to the butterfly. And we never, we, honestly, there was so many times when we'd be like, what do you think that's about? What do you think the deal is with the butterfly? Like all their main albums and EPs, it says dedicated to the butterfly um at least you know in that first decade did I, I don't i don't know in the later ones i'd have to look at the liner notes and see uh and there was times when they're oh they're going to explain about the butterfly in the next album or something and they never did but uh violent j finally did explain this and i think it might have been at one of the gatherings or something i just remember seeing it but as a kid he and his brother rob jump steady uh like young caught a butterfly and, and they caught it in a jar, right? This is a thing that we did when we were kids. We'd catch bugs in jars and look at them and stuff. And they just, you know, they they were really fascinated by it, the colors and the peacefulness of it. They thought it was cool, right? Um, that's that's like a quote from them. They talked about that. And right. they they kept it in the jar overnight, and they were going to let it go in the morning. But when they woke up in the morning, they found the butterfly had died. And apparently this made a huge impact on them. They felt as if they had committed a murder that they had killed this butterfly, this thing that they, you know, thought was was a beautiful, you know, creature. And so they made a vow, and this is a direct quote from them, of course as children, you know, 5 6 years old or whatever, that one day they're going to make it to heaven so they can apologize to the butterfly face to face. So in the credits huh. of every ICP album and EP, they put dedicated to the butterfly because of that vow.
1: Wow, that's a. I can't believe it's been, you know, taking us this long to talk about that.
0: You know, I've thought of bringing it up multiple times before, and I don't know why it never came up. Um, But when they talked about butterflies in that verse, and I don't think it's related to this, it just reminded me of the whole dedicated to the butterfly thing.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Well, on that note, it's time to move to the last song. Yeah. Last cover song, that is, rather. And that is a song called well it was a song on the 1994 album play which your mama by willie d called guess my religion what are your thoughts
0: uh first off i'm gonna say this song is way too long um it's what six and a half minutes almost um and it feels every second of that uh yeah, six
1: twenty six.
0: yeah we got legs diamond on the course and that sounds really good actually there's some I Don't say this word often in related to ICP tracks. There's some soul to it. Feels good. Um, flows are decent. They keep the concept of the original. Uh, add a lot of their own shit in, which is probably good because there's some problematic lyrics in the original one. Uh, the beat on the original is super funky, but they ICPify this version a little, and I think it loses some of the impact. Uh, but it's fine. I do the one thing I do like though. Is that they're talking about spirituality here while coming after religion. And I've loved when they uh, you know, were very pointed and venomous toward crooked, you know, religious figures and churches and stuff. And there's a lot of that on this one. Uh so I appreciated right. that. I wish they would have uh compacted it down a little though. What'd you think?
1: Yeah, this song, you're right, feels every second. Yeah of that six minute and 26 seconds. Um, and it's, I mean, I was getting antsy because of how long it was. Um, but I think they did a fine job with it. Legs diamond sounded great. The beats and flows were, were pretty good. I like that. They kept the subject matter as well. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm the same way the The real, you know, only complaint I have is how like they, they could have, made this a little bit more brief.
0: Yeah. Uh all right. Well let's move on to the final track on the album. Uh this one is just called Outtakes. What'd you think?
1: Yeah, so I mean it starts off as a classic outro where it's like two minutes of silence or at least it feels like it. I guess it's more like 30 seconds of silence. I looked it was uh, 1:15. at the beginning of the trap. It was 115. Yep. Okay. Why? You know, what? I'm not even going to ask why anymore, because I mean, clearly it's just something they like to do. I don't fucking understand it, but whatever. Um, I mean, this is just an entire track that's just studio recordings of them fucking up these songs. Yeah. Um, And I think it's funny at times. I don't think it's, you know, six minute and 14 seconds worth of funny. I think they could have done like two minutes of this. Cut the silence out, did two minutes of this, and and got the uh, vibe out, yeah. right? Once the the first one came in, uh, which I believe was a um, ain't no f- future in your front and mess up with Violent J, I was like, okay, I get this. Uh, and then I could have done without it after a minute. What, what were your
0: thoughts? Uh, funny. We definitely differ on this one a little bit. Because normally, this is the kind of thing I'd be like, why, you didn't need to put this here. Don't put this here. Uh, Clearly, like you said, it was meant to be a hidden track on a physical CD, silent for the first minute 15. Um, And then, yeah, you're right. We get people fucking up verses and stuff. Uh, There were a couple things here that actually made me laugh, especially the parts where Jay and Shaggy were improvising verses for Hold Still. Uh, Shaggy's got this one where he goes... Your mama is so lame. She stuck her finger up my butt and put it in my mouth. And then he's like, yo, bring me the lyrics. Like, he got to the end of the verse, and then he's like, just give me the lyrics. Um, for an album like this, I'm okay with there being a hidden track of outtakes, and it fits pretty well because I think it would be easy to write off an album like this and go, this is slapped together, whatever. But this track, I think, shows the work that went into it because there's also people trying to hit one of those Michael Jackson notes and they're bringing in different people to see if they can do it. And finally, by the end, somebody can, uh, I think that part of it is interesting. A little peek behind the curtain. They do this all the time. Usually doesn't work. This one I was okay with. I would skip it if I listened again, but hearing it once was cool.
1: I gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, Hey, that's the album. Can you believe it? Yes. I can, too, because we've talked about 13 tracks in yes. depth. Yes. Um, so so let's go ahead and talk about our overall thoughts on this bad boy. Eric, we, you want to start? Yeah.
0: Yeah, man, this is uh, a fun and interesting album. I mean, from front to back, there are not a lot of, you know, uh, lulls in it. Uh, you can hear a lot of things that clearly influenced them early on in some of their, you know, selections for stuff that they were going to cover a lot of, like we said, late eighties, early nineties rap, and those tracks are fine, but I agree with you. The songs that make this shine and bring it together are the things that come a little more out of left field, putting those two, you know, that, that early nineties rap plus these other, like, I can't believe they chose this song stuff together helps to balance and make it work. Um, I will say there's two or three tracks where I think the beats missed the mark, but overall, I'm just surprised this wasn't a throwaway album because I thought it would be. Uh, They put in a lot of work here. They made these songs their own. Some of these might as well be straight up new ICP songs because they're so different lyrically or musically from the originals. Um, And it's also crazy that with the exception of maybe one track, I don't think they took these as a joke. These are serious covers. Like They really said you know we're gonna make these the best we can make them and i thought that was that was kind of a cool thing it was unexpected for me i will say i think the first half of the album is a little stronger because we lose a little bit of momentum in the back half but with that said i think this is a great companion release to mighty death pop and it actually makes mighty death pop better uh and this is probably a better overall record than mighty death pop but what do you think
1: I think this is 100% a better overall record than Mighty Death Pop. Um, I think that because of this album, I feel like I know the two of them better. Just because of the songs that they, they chose, especially the out of left field ones. I think because of this, I know them better. I think the production was great. Like I said, Mike Clark deserves the utmost praise for what he's done with these songs. Um, I think the fact that they made them their own, but also still kept them, you know, they wrote a fine line of silly and keeping these songs serious Mm -hmm. and they they wrote it perfectly. I think I agree. I I had a fantastic time listening to this album. I feel like I feel like this was a peek into their lives even more so than an original album of any of the ones lately, for sure. Yeah. Was.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is a better ICP album than most of the recent ICP albums.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, let's get on to it. We're tossing a couple songs onto the uh the old playlist here. Well personal favorite tracks. There's there are several songs in here that I'm like,
0: this is a cool song, or this is interesting, or I liked this. But I think there were two that really um were the cream of the crop that rose to the top. Um mm. Uh, jump around and hold still. Uh, I, I think maybe hold still is my, my personal favorite on here that I could listen okay. to multiple times, but I also think jump around is just killer. Uh, but there are a few others that were good. What what were you thinking?
1: Jump around was killer. My two actually that I was thinking was shout. And I think it's just biased because they did such a good job with the tears for fear song. But also State of Shock, I loved. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's such a weird song, man. It's it's so weird and so different for them. They have never done anything close to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah. You know what? I gave you my two. You've got your two. I'm going to let you choose which two tracks go on.
1: Why don't we do hold still because I I that is a close close third for me and jump around honestly was a very close fourth because they did a great job with jump around yeah um I think we should do hold still mm-hmm. because I also agree that I would listen to that multiple times it's one of the very few on here that I would listen to multiple times even though they are all good and then state of shock honestly is the only the the other one that I think I would love to listen to multiple times boy
0: these are the two most musically different for them songs on this playlist Uh, really cool additions
1: i think that these are going to be uh, i think if you're listening to this playlist on a road trip as you should be these two will come on shuffle and give you whiplash and you'll be like wait did is it did it go to a different playlist what are we listening to right (laughs) um we're officially at Five hours with sixty eight songs, yes, and we're looking looking good, guys. Hell, yeah, we're looking good. I can't wait to to round this playlist off in the coming months. Um, well, hey, that was our two personal favorite tracks. Let's talk actually about our fago scores for the entire album now. Now we're going to cut out skits and interludes because there really weren't any no, in, in no. this album. Um, so, so let's go ahead and start with music and beats. I'm gonna go ahead and give this a solid, solid four and a half. Um, I think the only thing that Mike missed on this was probably that love for them gangsters. Mm. Other than that, I think he did a great job at, at what he was trying to do. What about you?
0: I, you know i feel the same i might have uh felt like there were a couple more trackers i think there was two or three that i just didn't feel like the beats were quite there however mike clark did a great job of recreating some of these songs and in some cases completely reinventing them um i was going to go with a four i went with a 3.5 just because there was a few tracks that i was like "Mm, i just feel like this beat isn't quite there
1: that works yeah um Let's move on to the next one, Uh, Lyrics and Flows. I went with a four. I think that they they did a phenomenal job of making songs their own at some points while also keeping it to the original source material at other points. There's not much that I had complaints with on this one.
0: Yeah, man, I, I'm in the same place as you. They really showed off their skills as MCs on some of these tracks, and they did a very smart thing by reworking the songs to keep the original concepts, but make them all feel like they were their own. I also gave it a four.
1: Perfect. Now, this one was difficult for me vibe at the time of the release, because I mean, this one keeps getting harder and harder, but for a, in, an album of, of cover songs, it's even harder, Right. Because I think the most recent song that they did was 2000. Oh well, I guess it was Hold Still. Yeah, the Yo Gabba Gabba song in 2007. Yeah. But the like the most recent actual song other than that is is that Christina Aguilera song from 2002. Yeah, uh, which was I mean at this point ten years ago. <laughs> right. Um, but I gotta say, I ended up going with the three and a half because. It was above average. I think that this actually vibed more with with what the time was in 2012 than the Mighty Death Pop was. Man, I couldn't agree
0: more. Um, I uh, I think I always talk about the curve. I think they were ahead of the curve when it came to this type of 80s and 90s and early 2000 nostalgia. I think this album... Really worked then at that time because there was this sort of uh, 90s nostalgia thing going on and they brought a lot of that in. And I think it still works now. And I I really, truly think if you had taken a top artist, an Eminem, for instance, and they released an album and did this same thing, it would have been a big hit and would have had multiple number one singles. Yeah. So I think it really worked. And I gave them a four. Perfect. Well, what, what are we at now? That brings us to an overall average of 3.92, which is a four Fago score.
1: He wants some hash browns covered, smothered, dove trunk dice diced and lies. He like it like his coffee, like he like his women black. Amazing. Well, hey, Smothered, Covered, in Chunked, welcome to the upper echelon of, <laughs> of ICP releases, yes. if you will. You absolutely deserve to be there, dude. Absolutely. Well, hey, guys, that was Smothered, Covered, and Chunked. Next week, we are going to be reviewing 2012's Mike E. Clark's Extra Pop Emporium and Freaky Tales, which were the two extra releases on the different versions of the mighty death pop. Uh, so we're going to be rounding out the mighty death pop next week. I can't wait. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah. I, you know, after reviewing mighty death pop, I was like, ugh, I'm. I don't want to do this after reviewing this album. I'm like, okay, let me see what they've got.
1: Sounds good. Well, Hey, Uh, until next time you can always hang out with us on the interwebs. Where can we find you, Eric? Well, you can find me lurking around the internet,
0: mostly on my website, ericconway.com, or every once in a while, uh, looking at Twitter till I get um, distraught and turn it off quickly. At nuclear is lonely is my handle there. How about you?
1: You can find all of my stuff at www.locklearcomedy.com. As far as my socials, you can also find me streaming on Twitch five to six days a week, at twitch.tv slash gristle media where we get to hang out and do uh cool hangout times and play video games. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You should stop by. Speaking I of cool you. hangout times, uh
0: we had discussed this and we're still working it out. But if you're listening, you might want to uh check out Aaron's info because we're talking about doing some ICUP with we uh movie watch alongs together. So
1: Yes. Keep an eye out for more information on that in the future while we work out the deets. Mm. But we are looking at doing some movie watch alongs with the two of us in, uh, the discord, the very same discord that we use to record this, uh, podcast. Whoa. Can you believe it? Yes. We're going to have more info for you about that next week. Guys, guys, thank you so much for hanging i had a fantastic time eric thank you so much for hanging hey thank you hey you know what i give you my thanks and you have my thanks and as it is such so also as such is it unto you um okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) guys thanks so much for listening i appreciate it big old whoop whoop out there to everybody we'll see you next week Uh, whoop whoop!
0: I was I was trying to think of a way to say whoop whoop that sounded like a cover version of somebody <laughs> else's, but I couldn't do it.
1: Here's a cover of Aaron saying it whoop whoop. There we go, <laughs> whoop whoop indeed. Uh, <laughs> perfect, and I will end the recording right there.